You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Gonic Literature. We're talking about Tainus Estil. In fact, this is the 13th of other, the night that the fast happened in Chodesh Nisan. <laughs> it was at the end of that th- at the end of that third day, the fasting that Esther um, and, and the Chazal point out the great miracle that even though she had been fasting, that she looked as fresh and beautiful as possible in order to be able to finally expose Haman uh, completely. And uh, so the fast happened during Chodesh Chodesh Nisan, not Chodesh Odor. And it was three days of fasting. So what is it that we're doing when we're having this fast before poor? Could they have fasted for three days? It was a sakana. The Gemara says, right, that, you know, if a, people could have died if they didn't eat. So I'm wondering that perhaps they did drink at night. There was some element of respite, possibly. And, and that, I don't know if I have a source to that, but I think my logic is strong on that. But really, the question, I think, is deeper. The whole Purim becomes something quite different with Tainus Esther that precedes it. Uh, Let me illustrate. Um, Especially if if you want the Megillah reading to be beautiful, drawn out. (laughs) And you want it to be, you know, not just... Uh, a 35-minute Indianapolis Speedway version of the Megillah. People are hungry, right? So it's true that the Gemara says that uh, that the main Megillah reading was done during the daytime, as Rabbi Shubin Levy says. It was originally only during the day, but now that there was the Takana to have it at night, juxtaposed with the fast, the reading becomes difficult because people need to eat. And then we have various piskedinim, are you allowed to perhaps eat beforehand? And and halachically, the fast is over generally before the Megillah is read. But then there becomes a halachic issue of eating when you have a mitzvah to do. As the Mishnah and Shabbos tells us, that when you have a, a mitzvah to do, that you're not supposed to engage in a suda. And of course, everybody wants a suda because they're so terribly hungry. And of course, there are hetairim to take something to drink if you if you are very weak, as long as it's after the zman. The question is, why did we Wouldn't it be easier if there wasn't a fast? And I think many of us know that when Purim is on a Sunday and somehow the fast is on a Thursday, which is anyway interesting because normally on the other Tainasim, right, the Tainasim that have to do with the Chorban Beis Amikdosh, we push the Tainasim away, right? We've pushed the Tainas onto the Sunday, right? We don't, we don't, we don't actually cause, as the Gemara says, Akdume Paranosa Lei Makdaminon, that if, if we have to, we're not going to. Uh, embrace and cause a negative, painful punishment to happen to us early, we're actually going to push it later. Whereas, of course, when it comes to Kriyas HaMegillah, 
uh, and and Tainus Estel, the halacha is, as we're going to see, that you actually is, that I think many of us are much more satisfied when we fast on Thursday and then we have Purim on Sunday or on Saturday night. We come into the Megillah reading refreshed and happy. But is it, my question, is it a matter of being satisfied or is there an idea as just that as we forfeited our lives by uh, attending the Feast of Ahasuerus, we are regaining, uh, we're re- revalidating ourselves by putting our lives in danger on purpose for the proper reason. Okay, so you're already trying to create a rationale for the fast that, in other words, it should somehow be a tikkun for, or a tshuva, like Kuala Yisrael needed to do tshuva before the nace of Purim, that they had to, for an order for, I guess, during those three days in Nisan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu heard their tefillahs and this Maisa mitzvahs they were doing and allowed the Gzeira to basically fall apart. And correct, and I guess you're saying that part of what they needed to do during those days, the, the Jews of Shushan, when they realized that God wanted to dis- would allow them to be destroyed for their Averos is to maybe do tshuva for all the bad eating they were doing. So Richard is, 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 is saying that maybe that's why we fast, similar to what the Jews of Shushan probably did, or maybe the Jews all over the world who took part in the Suda. I think I'm sort of getting to the point that you're saying. I guess I'm just saying from a practical point of view, Although what you're saying, I think, is makes sense and is, albeit a little bit tortured, from a practical point of view, it would seem that Megillah would be easier and the and, and Purim would be easier if it wasn't prefaced by the fast. Therefore, the source of the fast is, I think, needs to be plumbed. It alters, Richard. I know you, you've come up with a rationale as to why it's illogical. And maybe we'll find that tonight, that there are Rishonim who say what you say. But I think if we start at ground zero and we say, well, I have no pre-assumptions. Uh, uh, I know that I have a mitzvah of reading the Megillah at night and reading the Megillah in the day and being involved in Simcha. Is there a reason why I fast the day before? Right? What would be the reason why we're fasting the day before? Um, and, and and where does it come from? Because the truth is, as we're going to find, it's not in the Gemara anywhere. Or perhaps it is. But it doesn't seem to be on the surface in the Gemara anywhere. So let me start with the Gemara, actually, and I'll show you the place where the Gaonim actually discover it in the Gemara and actually give it a pedigree that is very, very large, and perhaps even, Richard, perhaps even something more germane and logical than what you're saying, although I'm not saying what you're saying is illogical, <laughs> okay? I have to be very careful. I'm not trying to diss what you're saying. I'm saying, but I think let's take a look at the Gemara and how the Gaonim, specifically the Rav uh the Baal HaShiltos, um, learns this Gemara. So let's take a look here. We know the very first mission in Megillah that you see up here on the board mentions the unique mitzvah of Kriyas HaMegillah. Now, obviously, in the time of the Megillah reading, of the, of the time of Mordechai Nestor itself, 
The only things that were mentioned in the Megillah were the 14th and the 15th, due to the fact of what happens on Shushan and what happened throughout the rest of the world. Yet the Mishnah describes an interesting halacha that the Megillah can be read actually on the 11th and on the 12th and on the 13th. That not just the 14th and 15th, the Megillah could actually be read earlier. Now, the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, why? The Mishnah says, well, obviously, um, the cities that are like Shushan, and again, we're not going to get into why it has to do with the cities in Israel that had a wall at the time of Yeshua ben Nun, but no longer have one. But whatever that reason was, for the covenant of Eretz Yisrael, they decided that the that those are the Shushan-like cities or the Yoshua with wall-like cities. They read on the 15th. Um, and the Kfarim Vayorez Gedal is Karin Biyudalit. Now, the Kfarim, of course, are small towns. And Vayorez Gedalit are large cities. Not as large as the cities today, but in the time of the Mishnah, they were large. Ella, the Mishnah says, a special Takona, Shakfarim Makdimen Maknisa. They have a special kula that they're allowed to read earlier on a day that's called the Yoim HaKnisa. Rashi says Yoim HaKnisa is a day that even if it wouldn't be Purim, small uh, farm farmers from small communities would come to the bigger cities anyway. Maybe they're coming because it's a market day. Maybe they're coming because it's a day for... Uh, to get judgment in the in the Batei Dinim. So in other words, the Yom HaKnisa is a Monday or a Thursday. That's the way Rashi words. Okay. And then the Mishnah describes how that can... Knisa is like the word Knesset, to come into some place. I don't really live here, but I'm elbowing my way in and getting into this place. Come on, everybody, let's go. Like We're getting into the subway car. Let's go. We're going to be Nichnas. Let's go, everybody. Shakfarim Miskansen, right? Not to be confused with Wisconsin. Shakfarim Miskansen la Yorois Lemishbot. They're coming for din. Why? Lefishabote dinim yoishvin ba Yorois beshade vechamishi katakonas Ezra. Vakfarim, right? So therefore, that's why they're here. Now, <laughs> so many people would be here anyway. Okay, but how about if you don't have a din? Where you, you're used to coming in on Mondays and Thursdays anyway. Now, we know in general, these farm areas, they don't know how to read the Megillah. Some of them were illiterate. They didn't know how to read the words. And they definitely didn't know how to read it in a way that would bring out the story and the way that people would be moved by it. So therefore... Since they're here anyway, and there's a group of them here anyway, we allow them, since it's very close to the Purim date itself, Rashi says, we get someone from the city who knows how to read to read for them in a special little minion for them. That's what Rashi says. So, Bob, it has nothing to do with Kriya Satira. Although you're correct that Kriya Satira, the way it was probably set up, was to be on a day 
that was probably a market day and also a Yom Adin. It's all part of the same uh, significance of those days of the week. And I think you're correct on, 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 on understanding that. But the the reason why you want to come is not to hear the Torah. You want to come because you want either for to get your goods that you need or to be serviced by the court because um you know you're a, you're a religious Jew and you, the farmer down the road has been damaging you and you need you want to get justice and therefore it was sort of like normal for these small town burgers to make the trip into these towns these towns had very uh According to Rashi, they had people who knew how to read, and therefore we let the reading happen earlier. So this is a takana that seems to sort of subvert the mitzvah that's in the Megillah. So the Gemara says, we know it's a kuva, but it must have been somehow understood, the Gemara says, by the original innovators, the ones who, the, the developers of of the Kriya Samigila or a Bezdin right after that time. The Mar says, Kulu Um they must now because if you say that the Rabbanon later found that we need the farmers, the burgers, B-U-R-G-H-E-R-S, they need to be able to read the Megillah earlier because because no one's reading for them, and we better help them out. So how were they able to be ma'akir atakona? How were they able to change what it says in the Megillah, which had the complete stamp of the old Anche Knesset Hagdela? So the Gemara says it must be that somehow it was all part of the original construction of the mitzvah of Kriya Samigillah. That's what the Gemara says. Kulu tekinu, but there. Mu- if that's true, then where is the remez? Right, there must be a remez that they saw, and they must have left a clue to that. It must be in the original rules, but it, if something that's so novel has to have had a clue in the actual Megillah words itself, so. Now, that is the job of the Amaroyim to figure that out. We, could really, we don't really need to. As the Rambam tells us in the Hakdoma to the Parish HaMishnayis, we don't need to find all the sources for Takonos Chazal or for Halachas that Chazal extract. We want to. And that's why there's always a, a, a discussion in the Gemara to try to find it. So Rabbi Yechanan tried to find it. It said, well, it says, So you see that extra word, which is unnecessary, must be there's other times. Aha. Because it says, tells you that there's the same way there's there's two other times that if necessary, you could also read the Megillah. And that was where the clue was that if 
it, when it became necessary to read the Megillah on a different day. So the Gemara says, well, maybe, why is it only 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15? Maybe, you know, maybe for certain people, it could be even seven, eight, or nine. Who knows? Maybe all the way when Chodesh Adar begins. So the Gemara says, well, it says, Zmanayim dum Just like Zmanom is Trey. Av Zmanayim Trey. This manom means when it comes to reading on the 14th and the 15th, it's two days. So when it says, it means similar to those two days of Yudalad and Tezvav. Hmm. So that's Yudalad and Yudbez. But the Gemara says, wait, shouldn't that be 12 and 13? And Yudalad shouldn't even exist. The Gemara says, It should be 12 and 13. So the Gemara says, no, 13 doesn't need any posik. It's zman kehila lakolhi. You don't need a ribui. The 13th, you don't need a special remez. It's obvious that if it was necessary to read on the 13th, the 13th is a great day for Kriya Samegillah. By the way, the night's the third. The 13th is great, because why? So what is Shmuel Bar Yitzchok's description of the 13th? It's called Zman Kehila Lako. What does that mean? Zman Kehila. Hakol Nikalu. As it says, Vayudim, Bechol Oreim, Bechol Aratzois, Kehila. The Kehila was that everybody got got out there with their shields and their swords and, and their knives and their teeth, whatever it was, to extract revenge from those others who, who, despite the fact that they saw the winds of change were in the air, they decided to, we're going to fight against these B'nai Yisrael, anyway, we're going to kill them. So there were people out there, based on the original letters that were sent by Haman, despite the fact that Haman had died, there were still people out there, these died in the wool, tough guys, Amalekim, we can call them, people who hated Jews, who were going to, obviously, they must hate them, even though it was politically the wrong thing at that time. Everybody wanted to become Jewish. Rabbi Me'amar, it's Misyadim, the Megillah says. But there was definitely these people whose hatred could not be abated. And they were there ready to find the Jew to kill them. And the Jews were ready to fight them. And as Rashi says, Bein Bishushan, Bein Bishar Makomos. So that was Zman Kehila. It wasn't Kehila, you know, going to Shul. It was Kehila. Everybody was there, ready. They 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 got, they had their weapons, and they were ready. And that happened everywhere. And therefore, Rashi says, Why? You don't need a pasuk for that. That you could read the Megillah on that day, despite the fact that it doesn't. It, the, why the Ikaranes Bohoya? The main nest happened on that day. It happened after they were, right, because they, they gathered together, and when those Amalekim exposed themselves and came to kill them, they lost. 
they were defeated. They were drawn. They were pushed back. They were killed. And, and, and the slaughter went the other way. That was the great nace, Rashi says. That was the nace. So the nace of Zman Kikilo was the 13th. So when you have a posik that says Zmanom, Zmanayim, 13, of course 13, you can read the Megillah. That's the Shita of Rashi. Rashi's grandson, Rabbeinu Tam, actually disagrees. And it's here where we have the Gaonim step in. Because, <laughs> so let's take a look at the at, at the viewer of of the question and how Rashi's grandson, Rabbeinu Tam, and I believe it's probably in the Sefer Yoshar of the original Sefer Yoshar, but it's not in the Sefer Yoshar that we have. I believe he's quoting uh, the the Atesis. He says, because he mentions the Ri, uh, Rashi's grand-grand-nephew, and, and Rabbeinu Tam, Rashi's grandson. But here it is. Nihira, <laughs> uh, yes, they all were ready to fight, but the but the Megillah says it's supposed to be read on the fourteenth and on the fifteenth. So, how could you just say, "Well, you should sure read it on the 13th I mean, the Megillah is very very specific. Okay, you want to say it says we add an extra two days? Okay, so I'll, I'll let you. I let thirteen be added, but don't tell me thirteen's already grandfathered in. The second answer, the second question against Rashi is the If you look in the Megillah, miracle, yes. But when when we describe what Purim is about, it says, Purim is about the day of reflection after the fight, when you realize what you've accomplished. Not the day you did the fighting. So, and in fact, the Re says, if you look in the Yerushalmi on this Gemara, the, the Yerushalmi says that when it, the Yerushalmi asks, let 12 and 13 be the days and not 11, the Yerushalmi says, hmm, come on, 13 is man milchomahu. And we know it's not a day of Naiche. So the Yerushalmi indicates that it's not like the other days. Not like the way Rashi learns that, of course, it's like the normal 14 and 15. The Yerushalmi emphasizes that it's different. So the Yerushalmi asks on itself, well, if that's true, if it's so different, then then, then how, why, how are you able to read on the 13th if necessary? says, So the Yashalmi answers, well, that would be a lot. That, then we'd have a very strange thing. We'd have, we'd have a day that's completely different. This day, the 13th, a day of fighting, that, that you cannot read the Megillah, even if it would be uh, advantageous for the small towns to read it. But 11 and 12, yes. 14 and 15, yes. Isn't that weird? So that would be weird. In other words, it gets grandfathered in, but not necessarily because of the way Rashi says, because of course, the point is, is that 
it's a zman kehila. It basically doesn't fit in, but then you would have an illogical blotch in the middle of your takana, where 11 and 12, good, 13, no, 14, 15, yes. Bavli knows that there is an indicator in the Megillah that we've got two days that are similar to the actual open days, the Mafurish days. The explicit 14 and 15 have got a double out there. They've got they've got a they've got a double ganger that that it could happen for the small towns, right? And the Yashami does the exact same thing as the Bavli Bav. It says, well, maybe it should be eleven and twelve, twelve and thirteen. And the Yashami's answer is, no, it can't be. That's not thirteen is not a double ganger of fourteen and fifteen because what happens there is the opposite of the fourteen and fifteen. Right, the the historical events that Rashi believes mean it's the Ikaranes, the Yerushalmi emphasizes makes it the opposite of Purim. So even though eleven and twelve were Pariv, but they weren't the opposite because they did have Menucha. In other words, there's Menucha, but the thirteenth by definition is a day of search, destroy, battle. Sniper, shoot, eviscerate, chop a head off. That's not Menucha. And therefore it cannot, the, the remis can't be on the 13th. According to the way Rashi learns the Bavli, <laughs> it's like, of course, 13th, yeah, of course. Uh, you can definitely read the beginning. Yeah, yeah, even without any Pesach, of course. It's, that, that's the main Nessa Purim. <laughs> Whereas Yishalmi says the exact opposite. Yusami says that no, oh, come on, it's got to be Kiyomim. <laughs> this isn't anything like Kiyomim. This is an opposite day. So then Yusami says, okay, so maybe uh, 11 and 12, but 13, you can't read. Well, that can't happen either. <laughs> because then <laughs> here you are sandwiched in the middle. Like there's no war going on the next year, the year after that. Isn't that weird? 11 and 12 is fine. 13, no, no, I'm sorry, I can't read the middle on the 13th. It would be illogical. People would say, yeah, this makes no sense. How could it be before you can and after you can? On it itself, you can't. Like, what's happening here? And therefore, it needs you need to be able to read the Megillah on the 13th, despite the fact that it's the opposite of day 14 and 15. That's the Yerushalmi. Rabbeinu Tam basically says, look, I, I don't know about the end of Yerushalmi's. I can just tell you I've got a problem with my grandfather. Because if my grandfather's right, it should say, it's the Zman Milchoma, not Zman Kehiva. It's the Zman Milchoma. It's not because they got ready to fight. It's because they actually did the fighting and won. Also, um, I know the Yerushalmi, Rabbeinu Tam says, but it doesn't sound like that's what the Bavli means. Yerushalmi is fine. That's the tortured logic of the Yerushalmi. But I'm willing to say Bavli has a different approach. And this, of course, gets into the prejudice that many Rishonim had towards how to use the Yerushalmi. And <laughs> but he says, I'm going to tell you what the shot in the Bavli is, Rabbeinu Tam said. Zman Kehila means Shahakol Misasfim. Latinus Estil. Everybody shows up 
even the farmers show up on the 13th in the big cities. You know why? Because it's a fast day. Everybody comes, even it has nothing to do with reading the Megillah. They're coming there. Why? Lomar slichos v'tachnunim. Lufi shabo nikalu la'amid al nabsham. Vo yutzrichim rachamim. So basically, the way he's learning zman kehila means that even if there wouldn't be a takana of reading the Megillah early. There was already in place a fast day. And that fast day, seemingly, as we're going to see in a minute, the simple pshat in the way Rabbeinu Tam, based on, I'm going to show you in the Gaon in, in a minute, seems to have occurred pretty much at the same time as the Nespurim. Why? Because we know that the kehila wasn't just the milchama. The kehila was to pray. They didn't just say, you got your knives, got your bullets, whatever you have, got your arrows. Let's daven. They're, they're coming for us. The crack of dawn, the, by the white of their eyes, we're going to see them. They, they davened. They, they fasted. That's what they did. We have this idea that they were like, you know, they were like the um, the seven dwarves. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to fighting we go. We're going to beat the Amalekites. So we go, hi-ho. No, that's not the way it was. They came and were scared. I mean, they felt God was on their side. Signs seemed to be there, but now as push comes to shove, there's still those people out there. I mean, they killed 75,000. There must have been at least double or triple that amount out there, the ones that ran away, the ones that were wounded. The numbers are 75,000. Okay. <laughs> How many didn't they kill? How many ran away? They killed everyone. They were out. There was, there, there was a, I'm, gonna, I'm going to speculate. If they killed 75, there was probably at least 150, 200,000 perhaps, out there. They needed, they said Slichlis. They realized that they were still as, as great as God's Hashkocha is, a human Bechira is still terrible. And they still want to kill us. And therefore they said Slichlis and Tachnunim on the 13th. And, as we're going to see in a minute, that they continue to do that as we're going to see in a minute, that's what Moshe did too, the very first battle against Amalek in Parshas Peshalach. It says, And we know that that triumvirate of those three, Chur, which of course was Din, Aaron was Chesed, Moshe was Nedzach. They went up and they davened, that that power, the Gemara says in Tainus that you always need three zikenim to lead us when we're in power, when when there is a peril, and that's Moshe, Aaron, and Chur. So therefore, he says, Mikan Nira, 
Rabbeinu Tam Saad Latinus Estel, Shano Oisin. This is the source for Tainus Estel, this Gemara. Kamosha Osu Bimei Mordechai Estel. Kishenikalu Hayehudim Wamadon Absham. This is what happened in that time. In other words, they fasted. So even though the Megillah talks about the fasting in, in, in Nisan, there was another fast that occurred. You know when the other fast was? The day of battle was a day of fasting. That was also another fast. And that's what Argamar means when it says it was a Zman Kehila. Kehila meaning it was the Zman that they, before the battle, they prayed. They fasted. They said Slichas. And that's the only source that we have to Tainus Estel. Now, um, the Rosh then asks a question that if that's true, then why, um, if Purim is on a Sunday, shouldn't we have the Tainus as close to the original day as possible. I mean, when Purim is on a Sunday, why don't we why don't we do the fast? We can't do it on Shabbos, we know, but let's do it on Friday. So he says because Nimse because they we know what Tainus Esther is. It's Tainus Lichais Tachnunim, and that can't happen on Arab Shabbos because then you're not going to have a real Shabbos. Erev Shabbos needs a lot of work. You got to have Shabbos. You got to go buy. You got to bake. You got to prepare. You got to make your Erev. You do all that stuff. Erev Chatzeros, Erev Tchumim. You can't have a day dedicated to prayer that day. Beidu Tam, hundreds of years before Beidu Tam, in the Gaonic work known as the Shiltois, what does it say? It says... Everybody could read on different days, 14, 15. But the fast, the Shiltus writes, in the 8th or early 9th century. Early 9th century. Bain Krochen, Bain Kvarin, Bain Ayorois. Oh, those farmers, whatever it was, everybody always fasted on the 13th. The Omar Shmuel, Barav Yitzchok, Shlesha, Sarzman, Kilo Akoli. That's what it meant when the Pasik says that they when the Pasik says that they did a kehila, it meant that they fasted. And Yom Knisa is not like Rashi. Yom Knisa isn't that the Kfarim go to get to hear Kriyas I'm sorry, that the Kfarim go, Yom Knisa is not that they're going to a din. Yom Makdimen Yom Knisa means it was already established that everyone wants to fast and say Slichos on Tainus Esther, on this day, which shouldn't really be called Tainus Esther. It should be called Tainus Day. Umay Yom Knisa Shemiskansen Boivayoshven Betainus yeah, 
that's so it sounds clear from that that it happened already in the that's where it is in the Megillah itself. And this is the earliest source that we have. It is found in the Medrash Tanchuma as well, but as as the Maritzchias points out, it probably was a later interpolation from the Shiltais. So this is the earliest source that we have for um, Tainus Estel. Tainus Estel from here, now even though the Rush mentions the Ga'inim, it's clear that the Ga'inim isn't just that, hey, they tell you to fast on Thursday. It's from the Ga'inim themselves that we have the pedigree of what Tainus Esther is. The problem with this is, <laughs> the problem is that in the Sefer, the, I've mentioned to you Megillus Tainus. Megillus Tainus was a list of various holidays that were that were uh, developed during the time of the second base Amikdosh. Yes. Okay, what was on the 13th of order? The 13th of order was Yoim Nikonor. Okay, what happened on that day? Well, who was Nikonor, the Brysa says? He was Afrikan Shomalcha Yavonim. He was one of the agents of the Greeks. And some reason he would travel from Alexandria through Eretz Yisrael. And every day he would he would take his hands and wave them, Keneged Yerushalayim, Ukeneged Beis Hamiktosh. And he would say, and everybody would hear him say, he would be Macharif and Megadev and Menites. And he would say, oh, I hate God. Oh, when am I going to finally be able to destroy that base on Mikdosh? I hate it. Sure he wasn't Captain Hook. <laughs> Arg. Arg. I am much worse. Oh, and I destroy that, that temple. I hate it. Well, anyway. He kept on saying that once he gets his chance, he's going to destroy it. Oh, I hate what they're doing there. Yeah, it shouldn't be standing with as a temple to our gods. I want that thing destroyed and I want him killed. Well, when the Malchus Beis Chashmanoi drove out his overlords, they said, let's go to, let's get that guy. Let's go get Nicanor. So, um, his uh, they they basically got to his armies. Uh, they came to his fortress, and he sent out his 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 personal guard. What did they do? Right, somebody sliced their heads off, and and as they were trying to throw stuff at them, they grabbed them and they cut their thumbs off. They cut their hands off. They they cut their toes and their legs off. And then they found Nicanor himself. And he was like quivering and saying, no, no, we got you now. And what did they do? They cut his head off. They cut off his thumbs and his feet. And what did they do? They hung them up. They took his body parts. By the way, this happened in the Middle Ages all the time. As Dr. Kogan and others will tell you, this was not... This is, I'm making it sound, you know, more horrible, but this was pretty basic warfare. Anyway, what they did was, and what did they do? Um, 
and they hung up his feet and they said, This is the mouth. You see this head? That was the mouth that spoke against. And those hands, see those hands? He used to wave them. And he said the Beis Hamikdash wasn't going to last. We punished him. We showed him. And the day they cut off his body parts and started to hang them, hey, a holiday! That's called Yom Nikonor. You know what that day is? The 13th of Odor. That was a holiday. And the and the Mishnah said, the Bryce says, which is the oldest Bryce, much older than any Mishnah, you can't fast on that day. You can't do espadum on that day. It's Yom Nikonor. No fasting. Can't fast on that day. Maybe it's a machlokas could do a hespit or not. Okay. How could they make Yom Nikonor a holiday if from the time of, of Esther and Mordechai it was a fast day? They, 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 they glorified it as a fast day. They commemorated it as a fast day. This was the question that, that was posed against Rabbeinu Tam and the Shiltas. And in fact, um, if, if, again, the Nitziv has a, a, has a way out here. The Nitziv says that till the Nicanor Day happened, it was a fast day. But then when Nicanor Day happened, the, the Rabbanan felt that it was important to celebrate these victories. So what they did was, and the Tziv has a big hop, they pushed it to the 11th. In other words, the 11th became the fast day. It was two days off, but basically that's what the rabbis sort of moved the parts around, and the Tziv says. And then, after these Megillus Tainus days were eliminated as we lost our independence and the Malchus Chashmanoi basically dissolved, only Purim and Hanukkah were left. And therefore, even though there's a halacha, and this is what I wanted to point out, that these days you're not supposed to not only fast on the day themselves, you're not supposed to fast on the day bef- beforehand, because we don't want it, we don't want people who are deciding to fast to somehow ruin the holiday. So, how can you fast the day before Purim? Which was the question everyone asks. <laughs> So there's a number of answers that are given. The Nitziv says, well, look, this was already an old fast day. It was, in a way, put into the abeyance when the Chashmanayim holidays came in. And obviously the rabbis knew what they were doing. The Nitziv explains it, I think, although he doesn't say it this way, it isn't about a specific day Rather, the idea that we fast before the war. And even though Haman, of course, had picked the 13th, and the idea was we daven before the war. It's a day of slichos. It's not a day of miracle. In other words, you might hate this description that I just gave you of the brutality of the Yom Nikonor, but it was on Yom Nikonor that it happened. They were able to somehow burst through and on Yom Nikonor be able to render poetic justice on that specific day. So the rabbis understood that day has got to be sacrosanct. Whereas 
the idea of what we do by fasting on Tainus Esther is the idea, as we see, that if it turns out, for example, that the uh, Purim is on Sunday, even in the time, the, the Shiltas writes, even in the time of Mordechai Esther, <laughs> they fasted on Thursday. It was always a moving day. It always was not so much about the significance of what occurred, but rather the uh, of like a miracle significance. It was learn from here how important it is to daven and to fast and to say slichos. That was the takana. And once Megillah's Tainus was over, so now when we fast, we're fasting based today, according to Rabbeinu Tam, and according to the Shiltos, it's one. It's as it's as a takana that's as old as the Megillah itself. Meaning the after Haman's downfall, Mordechai Esther understood based on what Moshe did when he fought Amalek that any time you have this type of massive war, you should be fasting. Now that we don't have to deal with these minor holidays anymore, when we're fasting now. We're fasting Me'ikar Adin. The Raivad has another approach to this. The Raivad says that it's based on the Pasik that it says in the Megillah, which the Raivad learns means not that when we are fasting, we're fasting based on the war. When Mordechai Esther made the Takana, and this is, I guess, what Richard is sort of saying, they wanted there to be a, a Takana to relive the fear of that whole year. And they encapsulated it into the day of Tainus Esther, but they also wanted it to be a day that led to the Simcha of Purim. It was supposed to be the darkness before the light. And that's why the Ravid says, we, it's different than Tishabov or Shavasar Bitamuz that we push it away. It's not Peronius. It's really, it's a, it's a tightness of Simcha. The Ravid and his father-in-law, if we're to believe uh, Rabbi Yom and Orabach's uh, uh, manuscript that it was from the Ravid's father-in-law, the Ravav Bezdin, this Provence, they're both from Provence, they had this idea that Tainus Esther is a Tainus of Simcha. It's not like the Shiltais and Rabbeinu Tam say that it's a Tainus based on a t- special Takana that was made at the time of the war. But rather, even ir- irrespective of the fact that it's what you do before you fight, it was meant to actually elevate and, 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 and make us feel the Simcha of Purim more. But the Ravid says it was at, it's based on the Pasik of <laughs> it was a package deal. Now, the Tzadashova between all of this is that Tainus Esther is very and the question would now be, could you be Mekel in Tainas Hester? Would you be allowed to be Mekel 
according to the Rivad and his father-in-law, Rabbeinu Tam and the Shiltois from the Goinim, it would be Lachora Tainus Estel is just as Chomor as perhaps even more Chomor than Tisha B'av in a certain way because it's found in the Psukim themselves of the Megillah. It has a Chomor of Divrei Kabbalah. And if it has a Chomor of Divrei Kabbalah, then you can, it's like it's similar more to Yom Kippur. But I want to show you that that was not the opinion of the Ashkenazim. Show you, I want to show you a tshuva from Rashi. Shabbos. What happened? Purim was on Sunday. And everybody had the minag, which already see from the shiltas and all the early sources, that we do the tanis on Thursday. There was a woman she needed to appear in front of the magistrate. Visholu Rabbeinu, she asked the God of Ador, she asked Rashi. She says, Rashi, Rabbeinu, maybe she can fast on Friday. I can't do it on Thursday. I'm going to be on the road. It's tough. There's 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 dust. I get tired. I need to drink. You know, it's just tough. I'm going to be on the road. Can I fast tomorrow? The Omar Rav, Rashi says, my daughter, let me tell you something. It's just a minig. Oh, you want to tell me this is Tainus Esther? Shrei Tainus Shal Mordechai Esther, you be made Pesach. Ah, you want to quote the Pesach that the Raven quoted? <laughs> that has nothing to do with the fasting. Ain't ze pirushoi. Doesn't mean you're supposed to fast. In other words, the holiday is a byproduct of all the fasting and the tshuva that they did and all the difficulties that happened them. So they were makabal meipurim to remember the miracle for generations and to the to talk about how oh, we, we got out of all that trouble. So therefore, lady, I see that you think that, oh, I'm going to make the fast up. Uh, first of all, it isn't such an important fast. It's a minug. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad minug, but I can't let you <laughs> So even though you're on the road, you're still part of this community. And we're not supposed to have different groups. Now, I don't know if he told the lady that, but Rashi went on and said, There are people who I've discovered who fast on Thursday, and then they fast again on Friday. Why? Because they want to feel a, hey, uh, uh, we want maybe like like the Shiltois, like hey, we want to fast the day of the war. Well, we can't fast on, and, and, and Friday is basically right. Friday is sort of closer to the day of the war. What did Rashi say about them? Rashi said, <laughs> If you're a fool, you walk in darkness. All this tightness is just a minig. <laughs> it looks like he will kavu a minatayra. 
right? And therefore, you don't, it's crazy to fast two days. So you see from Rashi's attitude that Tainus Esther, you can be makil, right? Right, you can, Mamish can be makil. It's, it's, it's a midag, but it doesn't have any of the chumra of the other Tainasim at all. Mashain Kane, according to Rashi's grandson, it would seem the Tainus is very, very chumra. So I'm not sure. Look, you know, I wonder. I wonder Rabbeinu Tam's mother, who was Rashi's daughter, right? <laughs> right? She might have been Makel on that fast. Maybe when she was pregnant with, with, uh, with, with Yaakov. Shochanarach, as you can see, is is basically on two sides here. On one side, he says it's mutter to fast the day before Purim. In other words. <laughs> Even though normally we say the days of Megillah's Tainus, you have to be machmer the day before them, right? He says it's mutter to fast. Then he says, and we do fast based on the minag on the thirteenth of Adar. The Ramah says that if there's if Purim's on Sunday, and Tainus Esther's on Thursday, and there's a bris, people who are connected to the bris can eat, not just the the sandik and the father. Anyone who feels connected to the family could eat. And you fast on Friday to make up. Once again, that's a kula in Tainus Esther. That, yes, if it's the time, if it's Bo Bayoim, we don't have this kula. But when Tainus Esther gets pushed to Thursday, on Tishabov, you don't have such a din. On Tishabov, right, even Tishabov is a nidche. You can't just say, well, everybody who wants to be part can eat and make it up the next day. In terms of the Chumrah, though, look what the Mogan Avram brings. Yesh misanin laila v'yoyim. Some have a minag, Tainus Esther, to fast 24 hours. And he, this is from the Knesset Hagdela. And that, of course, is the other side. Viewing it as Different Kabbalah, viewing it as part of the the like it it can't be Purim without it. It's it represents the Muhammad, it represents the Tsar. And therefore, it's not just a let's wake up at five tomorrow morning. They fasted, unlike the other Tainasim. They didn't have this Minagan Shavasabatamas. What they three they had the Minagan in three days, Tishabov, Yub Kippur, and Tainas Esther. There was a minag that was, I believe, you can discover from the Knesset Zagdela, from Rechaim ben Benishti, in the 17th century, a minag that still existed, that I think is drawn back from what the Ga'inim set up. Because based on that mindset, we should talk, what's this business about only fasting in the morning? (laughs) This whole day should be a day of, of tshuva. We should start at night. You want it to be a yoyim asher nepach, let's start at night. And there you see the two strands. And you can see, obviously, the Shulchan Aruch uh, is, despite the fact that they knew about Rabbeinu Tam, is going, as you can see, the Ramah especially, is built on the tshuva of Rashi that we find in uh, the Shibboli Aleket. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.